You are Locked On Cougars, and this is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show, July 11th, Slurpee Day edition of the show. Thanks again for joining us. We've got a lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast. Originally, it was planned to be a short podcast, but we're going to go full length today with plenty of reaction from you, the listeners, on my thoughts about changing or rebranding the BYU-Utah rivalry name from the Holy War to Church and State. We do need to get to our Church and State player countdown profile of number 49, Peyton Wilgar, on today's show. And I also got some questions sent in for a listener mailbag that we'll catch you up on, as well as updates on the NBA Summer League and also BYU women's volleyball players playing for the U.S. women's national team. So plenty to cover, a lot to cover on today's edition of the podcast. We are brought to you today by our good friends at Twillery. We'll tell you what they're offering our listeners here in a little bit. And with that, let's get going. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for July 11th, 2019. Hey guys, I'm Jay Cash, your host here on Locked On Cougars. I'm your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks, t- thanks again, excuse me, for taking the time to download the show. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying this slurping on a Slurpee from 7-Eleven. If you really want to brave those lines for the six-ounce Slurpee, it feels like it is. I... I would rather go. I usually, so my wife likes to celebrate Slurpee Day, and I don't like waiting in that line. So I, I told her, okay, either we're going the day before Slurpee Day, so July 10th, or we'll go the day after, July 12th, and buy a full size Slurpee and enjoy it without the lines. We didn't do it last night on the 10th, so we'll probably do it tomorrow, or she'll maybe just drag me to 7-Eleven today. But regardless, if you guys are enjoying this with a nice cold beverage, a Slurpee particularly, thanks again for downloading the show regardless. All right, um, yesterday, I kind of threw out a hot take yesterday about BYU and Utah and a conversation I had with a good friend of mine about rebranding or renaming the BYU versus Utah rivalry game. And I like the church and state moniker. I know a lot of people, it conjures up images of Supreme Court rulings and whatnot, but I had a lot of reaction from you guys, plain and simple, and I, I was kind of surprised by it. So we're going to run down some of the reaction to this. We'll throw your guys' names out there on the podcast, give you guys a little bit of a shout-out. And those of you uh, that did tweet at the show, we followed you all back on the Locked on Cougars feed. If we didn't, let us know. Uh, still looking to build up that community on Twitter. So if you'd like us to follow you with the Locked on Cougars Twitter feed, send us a tweet uh, using the hashtag LOC, L-O-C, hashtag LOC, and also hashtag GoCoo. Either one or both. We'll make sure to follow you back and build up that community on Twitter a little bit. All right, let's run down some of the reaction that came in yesterday. And it started off bright and early as soon as the podcast went live. We'll start off with Cameron Justice. He is at Cameron Justice. And he sent in church and state question mark. Come on, man. It's the Holy War. It's a historic, nationally known rivalry. You can't change the name. If it didn't already have a name, you could call it church and state. But don't mess with something great. Okay, I understand that sentiment, Cameron. And like I said, 
this is not going to be an overnight change. I'm going to spearhead it. I'm going to go with church and state. That's what I'm, I prefer to call it. I've, it's something that I've been uh, debating with friends over the years. It was one we came up with years ago when I was a student at the Y. We came up with church and state, and it's something that's been kicking around in my brain ever since then. And having that conversation with my friend, I decided, okay, well, we'll push for it. And it probably won't pay off. I freely admit that, but I'm going to do my part to see if I can rebrand it. I think church and state is a fantastic name for it. It's a great moniker with a church school versus a state school, but I understand your guys' reticence to change it. Other people, uh, Jim Bray at Jim Bray 18 and Jim's a longtime listener. He's tweeted at the show multiple times. So Jim, thanks again for your continued support. He says, Hatch, love the pod, daily listener, but I do strongly disagree with the take on the term holy war. It's a good name. The cru- in the Crusades, many die, but not genocide, as you say. The Fourth Crusade conquered uh, fellow Christian cities, including Constantinople. He continues with two other tweets. The term is very obviously tongue-in-cheek. The Oregon versus Oregon State game is called the Civil War. Are we looking to change that one, a reference to the bloodiest conflict in U.S. history? No, because it's tongue-in-cheek, just like the term Holy War. Anyway, love the pod and keep up, and we'll keep listening. Just another opinion here. Keep on keeping on. And I appreciate that, Jim. I get a lot of people's reticence to change the name, like I said, and... It, I know that me using the Crusades as justification maybe came off as a little haughty thinking back on it, but I like the church and state moniker. I've never been a massive fan of the Holy War moniker, but we'll go with it for the time being until it ultimately does change, but I'm going to continue to call it church and state. Mark Newman at New AZ 3444 he says, the Holy War moniker has got to go. Get religion out of it, particularly because both schools have so much in common. So he wants the Holy War name gone, but he doesn't say necessarily that he's in favor of church and state. So thanks for weighing in, Mark Newman. Travis Kimball ascended church and state dot 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 and then had a gif uh with jerry seinfeld from the seinfeld show says well good luck with that i'll start stuff with the yikes obviously not a fan of it i'm going to continue to go with it but that's just me i thank you guys once again for your continued support and weighing in on this other things here um il nati who is a utah fan because his uh his his Twitter uh, profile pic has somebody flashing the U, but he says, the Holy War should be rebranded as BYU Super Bowl. One out of three OC games for Utah, unquote. (laughs) Okay, I I see it, Utah fan. Okay, you do your thing. Um, Let's see, Hans Olsen, uh, not the Hans Olsen that uh, works with me at the Zone Sports Network, a parody account. He says, it is known nationally as the Holy War to rebrand to get rid of the one only football tradition in the state, and more importantly, what will Utes have to complain about, question mark. Well, I think both sides complain equally. It's a rivalry. Fans are fans, and they like to have a good time with it, and they like to weigh in with their hot takes. And uh, I understand it's known pretty much colloquially nationally as the Holy War, but hey, we can start the change. Uh, Stingmare, at Stingmare, he weighs in with the hashtag, the conflagration for Zarahemla, perhaps. Okay, I see what you're doing, pulling a thing from the Book of Mormon. Of course, there's a religion element in this rivalry with members on both sides of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and also guys on the coaching staffs, etc. That one's pretty funny, the conflagration for Zarahemla, perhaps. I like that. Uh, Utah Sports, at Sporty underscore Utah, a guy who 
uh, has helped promote the show over the years, and I thank you, uh, Sporty. He says that rename the rivalry the Hammer versus the Nell with the laughing crying emoji. Somebody's a Utah fan, and and well, Sporty actually plays it pretty down the middle. I don't know if he's a Utah fan per se, but rename the rivalry the Hammer versus the Nell. Well, Utah has won eight straight games in this rivalry. BYU very much has been the nail of late, so not a bad one there. Um, Harold A. O. Dable at O underscore Dable says, definitely the Holy War has got to go. Implies good versus evil. Neither school is evil. He continues, I don't... Excuse me. I don't like the church and state monarch because Utah church and state moniker because Utah State is also a rivalry and is a state school. It makes me think of that rivalry. All schools were initially founded by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints also. There are many commonalities between the two institutions. I absolutely agree on that, Harold. And he continues on with a couple more tweets here. We'll continue on. It's more of a Utah Civil War. Constant references to the TDS, Team Down South for BYU. Family members having graduated from both. Many brag that the used church institute program is the best. Brothers and friends on opposing teams the Utah Civil War would be more appropriate. That's not bad. And he says, I uh, responded to Travis Kimball's tweet saying, no, please no, it's a competition between the church and state, the state opposing the church and the church opposing the state. Okay, I'm not trying to say that. And like I said, it, the church and state thing probably brings up thoughts of uh, Supreme Court decisions over the years, but I want to thank you guys for your support of the podcast, first and foremost. I, I honestly appreciate your guys' feedback. I didn't expect it to be that much of a hot-button issue to talk about that yesterday, but I'm going to go with the church and state. I love that term. I think it's great. It's not meant to bring up legal cases, the Supreme Court. It's a church school versus a state school, and I understand that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Brigham Young, helped found both of them. I get all of that. Don't worry. I'm well-versed in Mormon history. I've got Mormon pioneer ancestors. I'm I'm fully aware of the history of this state and the the universities that started. I get that. But I'm going with church and state. uh, And I... I, it's just it's just what I prefer, I, plain and simple. That's what I'm going to go with. So um, I'll make sure to use equally. I'll refer to it as a holy war as well. But my personal thing going forward is I'm going to call it the church and state rivalry. And if you guys want to go with that, great. Go ahead. Uh, if you guys want to continue on with the holy war, I completely understand that as well. It was just a thought I had and wanted to talk about on the podcast. So thanks again for your continued support of the show. Uh, great to get your guys' input and feedback. As always, you can reach out to the show anytime on social media, Locked on Cougar for all three major pod not podcast uh, social media platforms speaking of twitter facebook and instagram follow us there always good to hear from you guys you can reach out to me at locked on cougars and also at jacob c hatch is my personal twitter feed we'll love to hear from you guys there or if you want to drop us an email locked on byu at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you there as well all right we will take a time out here we'll come back listener mailbag segment got a few questions that we're going to get to in that segment we'll get to those next before we do that, though, today's sponsor on the show is our good friends with Twillery. T-W-I-L-L-O-R-Y dot com. And what Twillery is, is they're here to help you restock the shirts in your closet and make sure you feel cool, calm, and collected and look great while you're doing it. They want to make it as easy as restocking the soda in your fridge, easy, affordable, and the perfect fit guaranteed. These are not your standard size shirts. You give them your measurements, your neck size, your sleeve size, etc., and they send you a shirt. If it fits, great. It it looks great. It's comfortable. It's got four-way stretch cotton uh, technology, no wrinkles, non-wrinkle iron. 
modern type of technology in it, that's great. But if it doesn't fit, you send it back. Free shipping and returns. They'll make sure you're, you are taken care of and you have the right fitting shirt at all times. Uh, I want to encourage you guys, go to twillery.com slash locked on to check out what they're offering. They're offering shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more for shirts that normally at other retailers go for $100 or more. So regardless of what you have to wear to work, button-ups, whatever you have to do, a dress shirt, etc., Twillery has got you covered, guys. So go to twillery.com slash locked on and save $25 off by using the promo code locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Get $25 off that initial order. Get the shirts in your closet restocked. Refresh them a little bit. Look cool, calm, and collected and be the best-looking guy in your office. Check them out. Twillery.com slash locked on. All right, listener mailbag next. This is Locked On Cougars. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A reminder for you guys, when you're driving around town, whether you're making your commute to or from work, you're driving your kids to or from soccer practice, football practice, or just making your errands on your daily commute, driving around doing your honey-do list, whatever it is, tell your smart device when you get in your car to play podcast Locked On Cougars, and that way you stay up to date with all the latest BYU news every day, because this is a daily podcast all focused on BYU, and thank you once again for joining the show. We are available on all the major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and the Himalaya Podcast app. I know that Google Play and Himalaya have had some issues over the last week or so. We are continuing to work on them, so those of you that have reached out with concerns about that, Please be aware that we are aware of the issues and we are getting to work on them. The network is working with the podcast host to get those fixed. All right, let's get to a listener mailbag here. And as always, you can reach out to the show anytime and send in questions. Love fielding your guys' questions. Really helps me get a feel of what you guys think about BYU and how you feel about them. We'll start off with a question today from Logan Cassell. He's at Logan Cassell on Twitter. He says, from what you have heard, do you think that Wilson's surgery is going to lead him to have a slow start this season? And he's referring to Zach. Wilson and the shoulder surgery he underwent this offseason. Well, Logan, thanks again, first off, for the question. I don't think it's necessarily going to cause a slow start, per se. I've, As we heard during media day uh, from Aaron Roderick, he said that uh, Zach Wilson's shoulder is it's on a pitch count. So he's each week he gets more and more throws that he can do each day as they continue to build the strength back up in his shoulder. Um, everything I have been told is that if he had to play in a game tomorrow, he'd be able to do it. They've just been very cautious with this. They want to make sure it's full go, full strength once fall camp gets here and I completely understand that I know there's trepidation on BYU fans part wondering okay is he going to be healthy is he able to be able to do what we expect him to do this season I completely get that and I I don't blame you guys uh, for being uh cautious about expecting big things out of Zach Wilson, but I can tell you this much. Everything I've heard from people, both in the uh, program, sources, I guess you could call them, hashtag sources, sauces, as some people like to refer to them on social media, and just people just around the program, is that Zach Wilson's on track. Does that mean he's going to have the same time that he would have had with his receivers had he been in these player-run practices that take over during the summer months? Well, that definitely would probably be a, a, a situation that BYU 
you'll have to over BYU will have to overcome come fall camp. But I don't think that the shoulder surgery is necessarily going to mean that it's going to be a slow start for him. BYU's got to start fast. We've talked about it multiple times. People nationally are talking about it. BYU has four Power Five opponents to kick off this season, so they have got plenty on their plate, and they need Zach Wilson to be as healthy as possible. But Logan, to answer your question, is everything I've heard is that Zach Wilson is on track, and they expect him to be full go once fall camp gets here and the hope is obviously that that would lead to success for BYU going forward a um, couple other questions that came in here uh, let me find the other one I apologize it was already sitting here and I scrolled right past it anyway okay here we go Rob Crossland at Crossland Rock he says who starts at day one at running back well it depends on which day one you're talking about Rob day one of fall camp probably Lopini Katoa in my opinion, come game one against Utah, I'm going to say Tyson Williams. And that doesn't mean that Tyson Williams is going to get 25 carries, 25 touches a game, and Lopini Katoa and Emmanuel Super are relegated to the sharing maybe another 10 carries. I don't think that's the case. I think these guys all evenly could get about 15 touches a game and be plenty effective. Maybe Emmanuel Super gets a few less. Guys like Tyler Algier and Sione Fina are sitting there on the sidelines as well as Kavika Fanua thinking, why is everybody talking about these three running backs? We're good in our own right. The nice part about these grad transfers for BYU is it made a position group that looked extremely thin, extremely uh, just uh, precarious in terms of the running backs, and makes it a deep and talented position this season. So start starting day one of fall camp, I think that Lopini Katoa is your starting running back, but come game one, this is just my opinion. We got a full month of uh, practices coming up during fall camp starting the end of this month is that I think that Tyson Williams is the guy that gets the quote-unquote start against Utah as the first running back on the field when the offense takes the field for the first time. But like I said, I expect it's going to be a pretty even rotation if all these guys prove that they are capable of producing at a high level. All right, and one final question here we'll get to today comes from Wild Turkey Fart Blunt at underscore VWAG23. He's a great listener. He's supported the podcast for a long time. And he says that what tweaks to the offense may we see this year, i.e. some RPO, empty sets, etc.? Well, I can tell you this much. They've gone to a spread offense with Zach Wilson, and I think you saw it deployed in large part in terms of most of what's installed for it late in the season last year. I think it's going to be four and five wide receiver sets, maybe not four, five wide receiver sets. They don't necessarily want to leave uh, Zach Wilson empty there in the shotgun, especially early on this season with the ferocious nature of some of these power five uh, defensive lines. But keeping a running back in there might be judicious. But you're going to see some spread offense. And RPO very much is going to be a big part of this offense. Aaron Roderick indicated as much at at media day saying that as long as Zach Wilson or any other quarterback is at BYU under his jurisdiction, there will be a quarterback run element to this offense. And that means RPOs will definitely be part of the offense. So BYU went from being a power set team with Tanner Mangum. And I I completely understand why Jeff Grimes did what he did with Tanner Mangum. He accentuated what Tanner Mangum could do well uh, with those one back sets, the I formations, the under center stuff. It worked well for what Tanner Mangum could do as a quarterback but once Zach Wilson took over and with his skill set the spread set the shotgun based formations are
are what benefits him as a quarterback and gives him the most opportunity to win, and that's the name of the game. I think any fan out there expects BYU to go out and win games. So in terms of what new stuff we may see, we'll see what happens in fall camp, but I think what we saw towards the end of last year, particularly in the bowl game, a lot of four wide receiver sets, a lot of RPO, read option type of stuff, that's going to be what BYU's offense is going forward, and we'll see how it goes. Defensively, though, maybe see some more wrinkles with different players moving around the offense, moving around the line, not the offensive line, moving around the line, etc. BYU deployed 3-3-5, 3-4, and 4-3 looks, 4-2-5 looks last year. Could they come up with something else crazy this year? Absolutely, but we'll have to see what it is. So thank you guys for sending in your questions. As always, please continue to send them in. I'd like to make it a weekly feature with these mailbags. I'll make sure to reach out on social media and solicit them as well. But thank you guys for sending in those questions, and we'll get to more of them next week. And a reminder for you guys, or I guess a preview tomorrow, we're talking Boise State football with B.J. Reigns from the Idaho Press Tribune. Uh, catching up with the Broncos. What are they going to do to replace their running back and quarterback? What have they done to really build a model of consistency up there in Boise? You hear about that tomorrow from BJ Reigns of the Idaho Press Tribune. All right, we'll step aside here. Final segment of the podcast next. Catching up on everything else going on in BYU News. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that if your company wants to reach an upscale male audience, then your company should be advertising on this podcast, Locked on Cougars. To get your company connected with this audience, email us at lockedonbyu at gmail.com or email locked at lockedonpodcast.com to get more details about increasing your business with working with Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, more in a moment. This is the Locked On Cougars Podcast. show if you're new to the show this is going to be your daily home for BYU sports content we hope make sure to follow along on the social media platforms and also the podcast platforms and give us a good rating and review on those podcast platforms if you don't mind doing so those five-star reviews are worth their weight in podcast gold all right, a uh, f- couple of things, I guess a few things to cover on today's uh, final segment. Uh, let's get our to our Church and State player countdown profile today. We're talking about linebacker Peyton Wilgar, a redshirt freshman out of St. George, Utah and Dixie High School, six foot three, 235 pounds, number 49, a guy that actually spent some time in the NCAA transfer portal, according to reports earlier this offseason, and I completely get why a guy like Peyton would go into the transfer portal. He was a walk-on to the BYU football program, a preferred walk-on, so he was given a roster slot, but he wasn't given a scholarship, and he was a guy that BYU fans, and I think a lot of BYU coaches, thought could really be a breakout player this year. Didn't see uh, much action in 2018, but did keep his redshirt year, and the expectation is that he is going to have a bigger role this year. He played in three games in 2018, and now with this linebacking core being as thin as it has been thinned out, I guess with all the graduations, six graduations, another transfer, 
player out of the position group, it gives an opportunity for Wilgar to really prove what he can do. And if he's good enough, he'll get a scholarship, I believe, after this coming season if he proves he's capable of being in that two deep consistently for the linebacking crew. So we're just 49 days away, seven weeks from today, BYU and Utah kick off the season playing at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And our Church and State player countdown profile today, number 49, Peyton Wilgar, Dixie High School, a Dixie Flyer playing for the BYU football program. All right, a couple other notes for you is that uh, last night, uh, Elijah Bryant coming off a 31-point performance in the NBA Summer League was in action once again from the Milwaukee Bucks. And he played against the Chinese national team in a game. They have two teams, the Croatian national team and the Chinese national team playing in this tournament in the NBA Summer League to make it a 32-team tournament. And Elijah Bryant had another solid outing for the Bucks. He got another start, played 24 minutes, was 2 of 5 from the field, 1 of 3 from the three-point stripe, but 10 of 11 from the free-throw line. Shot a lot of free-throws, particularly for a summer league game. He was plus 8 in the plus-minus, finishing with 15 points, 3 rebounds, and 1 assist. So not the explosion we saw the other night with his 31-point outing, but another solid outing nonetheless. The Bucks have now finished preliminary play at 2-2. Two and two. We'll see where they're seated in the tournament portion of NBA Summer League and get you more details on that as it gets closer. Uh, tonight, you'll be able to watch former BYU big man Eric Mika in action in the Kings final preliminary round game at 8 o'clock Mountain Time if you want to tune in. It'll be streamed online on ESPN3. They're taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, That'll be the game following the Utah Jazz taking on the Houston Rockets. For those of you that are Utah Jazz fans here along the Wasatch Front, that's on ESPNU at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time. So there you go. Rundown of NBA Summer League. And one final note before we go is that Heather Knighting, we talked about yesterday about the play of Mary Lake winning a gold medal, gold medal with the U.S. Women's National Team in the Volleyball Nations League Cup. Well, middle blocker Heather Knighting will compete in the 2019 FIVB Women's U-20 World Championships in Mexico as a member of the U.S. Women's Junior National Training Team this coming week. The 12-player team will travel to Leon, Guanajuato and Aguas Calientes, Mexico from July 12th to the 21st as one of 16 teams competing in the event. They will start in Pool A play against host Mexico, also taking on Italy and Cuba. So best of luck to Heather Knighting and the U.S. Women's Junior National Training Team in that tournament. So there you go. That's the rundown of everything going on in BYU sports, women's volleyball team all over the national teams. Crazy to see that, but awesome at the same time. Roni Jones-Perry playing, as well as Mary Lake, now Heather Knighting, the six foot six middle blocker for BYU. All right, thanks again for joining us. This has been the Thursday edition of the podcast brought to you today by our good friends at um, Twillery. Go to Twillery.com dot com slash locked on use that promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for 25 dollars off restock the shirts in your closet make it easy on yourself and look cool calm and collected at the same time uh reminder for you guys if you guys do want to advertise with this podcast please reach out to us locked at locked on podcast.com or also locked on byu at gmail.com and please feel free to reach out anytime with questions concerns comments questions whatever you got about the byu football program basketball program or any other sports program feel free to reach out on social media or at the email address locked on at byu at gmail.com we'll catch you guys tomorrow bj reigns from the idaho press tribune talking boise state football with us this has been the locked on cougars podcast for july 11th 2019